Welcome back. We are going through the second Parsha from this week, entitled Parsha Kadoshim, from Rabbi Sachs' book, Judaism's Life-Changing Ideas, and the, the name of this essay is Love is Not Enough. So, Parsha Kadoshim uh, contains two of the most well-known and most powerful of all commands. First is, love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. And the second one is to love the stranger. Quote, when a stranger comes to live in your land, do not mistreat him. Treat the stranger the way you treat your native-born. Love him as yourself, for you were strangers in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the first of these passages, love your neighbor as yourself, is, is what's considered the golden rule, which is you want to act, it's reciprocal, you want to act towards others as you expect them to act to you. And Hillel, uh, in the, as passed in the Talmud, says the negative formulation of that, which when he was asked by a convert to explain the whole Torah, he, while standing on one foot, he responded, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. And the story goes, the rest is commentary, now go study. So, but when you look at these rules, th this is not about love, when you look at the golden rule. It's actually about justice, or what evolutionary psychologists would call reciprocal altruism. But the Torah is not saying, be nice or kind to your neighbor, because you want them to be nice and kind to you. The Torah is saying, love your neighbor. So this is much stronger. Now the second commandment, which is mentioned in the Torah up to 36 times in different ways, talks about the stranger. And what's interesting about the history of the Jewish people is that it's unique in that it's the only nation that was born in slavery and exile. So through its origin, it has a fundamental understanding of being a vulnerable minority. And that's what makes the love of the stranger so central to Judaism and marginal to other systems of ethics. And when you think about it, xenophobia is very common where people naturally appeal to their own and push away the other. But xenophilia, the love of strangers, I mean, where is that seen? You don't see that anywhere. So here the Torah is not using the word justice. There is a command of justice towards strangers, which is in Exodus uh, chapter 22, verse 20, it says, you shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him. But we're not talking about justice towards strangers. We're not talking about equal rights for strangers. We're talking about love of the stranger. Now, these two commands define Judaism really as religion of love, which is interesting because I think a lot of people look at the Old Testament compared to the New Testament and they'll, or they'll look at the, as the five books of Moses and look at it as, the, as this is the uh, a harsh God uh, and the New Testament reflects a loving God. But if you look at this core here, these two commands really define Judaism's religion of love, but not just and not just of God, not just a love of God, but a love of humanity. Now, it's interesting that he's mentioned in this parsha because if you look throughout this week's parsha, there is a whole bunch of different laws, which, on first impression, don't seem to be connected. There's some about conscience, 
some about politics and economics, others about purity and taboo. Um, to give you an example of some of the things discussed, don't gossip, don't hate, don't take revenge, don't bear a grudge, don't withhold wages, don't crossbreed livestock, don't plant a field with mixed seeds, don't place tattoos, don't eat blood. So there's all, they're all in different categories, but they have something in common, and that is they're all about order, about limits or boundaries. There's an order to the universe, part moral, part political, part ecological. And when the order is violated, there's chaos. And when order is observed and preserved, when we do our part to maintain that order, we're considered co-creators of the sacred harmony, integrated diversity that the Torah calls holy. So why are we talking about the love of the neighbor and the love of the stranger in a Parsha filled with laws about maintaining order? And the argument is, from Rabbi Sachs, because this is where love belongs. Love belongs in the context of an ordered universe. Now, Rabbi Sachs brings up a Canadian psychologist who I have to admit I had never heard of before, and I'm quite embarrassed to say I've never heard about him, because his name is Jordan Peterson. Apparently, he's very well known. He has a book that was written back in 2018, 12 Rules for Life, which was a massive bestseller. He is um, well known and also considered controversial. Um, he has a lot of ideas about um, that, that go against political correctness. Um, he has, if anyone wants to learn more about him, he's got very interesting co content on YouTube. But um, people tend to read into him as the ideologue to support their views, and, and, and sometimes people of extreme views will use him as inspiration. But he has some very interesting things to say. And in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he has one rule, which is do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Now, Rabbi Sachs goes into this rule because it's interesting. Because a significant number of parents today, according to Dr. Peterson, fail to socialize their children. Instead, they indulge them. They don't teach them rules. And uh, this is, this. why is this? This is something to do with maybe perhaps lack of attention, right? With uh, We have two-parent households both working. So maybe there's not as much focus on kids. They, they may... Um, not have as much direction. So that may be part of it. But he also feels part of it is the influence of ideas from Jean-Jacques Rousseau, which is that children are naturally good and are made bad by society and its rules. So the best way to raise happy, creative children is to let them choose for themselves. So, and, and, and furthermore, another reason for us not, not being aggressive at raising our kids is that modern parents are paralyzed by the fear that they'll no longer be liked or even loved by their children if they chastise them for any reason. They're afraid to damage their relationship by saying no. They fear the loss of their children's love. Now the result of this is that they leave their children unprepared for the world because the world is a tough, demanding, and sometimes cruel place. Without rules, social skills, self-restraints, and the ability to defer gratification, 
children aren't prepared to enter reality. And as Dr. Peterson says, clear rules make for secure children and calm rational parents. Clear principles of discipline and punishment balance mercy and justice. Clear rules and proper discipline help the child, the family, society, establish, maintain, and expand order. That is all that protects us from chaos. Now I have to say my own personal experience with structure, I was definitely a more of a laissez-faire parent when, my, when I had kids and my wife was definitely more focused on schedules the baby. And uh, you know, as I became more experienced as a father, I realized my wife understood intuitively what I didn't, which is that children need structure. Um, and not only do children need structure, but parents need structure to help be available to take care of their children. So what the opening chapter of Parsha Kedushim is all about is that clear rules that create and sustain a social order. That's where real love belongs, not some sentimental substitute. Without order, love merely adds to chaos. Misplaced love can lead to parental neglect, producing spoiled children with a sense of entitlement who end up living unhappy, unsuccessful, and unfulfilled adult lives. Now, Peterson's book, which has a subtitle, An Antidote to Chaos, is not just about children. It's a critique of the West and Western thought based on unconditional love as an unbridled idea to order society. And he's seen the emotional cost of a society without a shared moral code, and that people need ordering principles without which there's chaos. We require rules, standards, and values, both alone and together. We require routine and tradition, and that's order. Before I go on, I wanna share a quick story I had recently in the emergency room. I had a 13-year-old girl come in who uh, was depressed and suicidal, and she was there with a very supportive mom. I, it was, I was struck by how accepting the mom was of, of the daughter and her condition. And talking to the mom, she talking to the daughter and trying to understand why she was in the emergency room, uh, she shared she was sexually active and she had issues with her boyfriend who was in a relationship with another person and this upset her. And she was very intelligent and very well thought out. And it was clear that the mom had known all of this, knew about her relationship and sexual activity and was fully accepting and non-judgmental about it. And as I talked to her, I realized that this is an example of, of love gone awry, of, of, of while, we, while we all love and value our children, we accept who they are, but we don't always approve of what they do. And in this case, the, the clear acceptance of her daughter and her behavior without restraints was doing her damage and the need for us to establish rules to allow our kids to flourish. And what's interesting is the more, the world is not black or white, the world is gray. And our ability to establish structure in our kids' development and understanding black and white allows them to handle the gray of life more successfully. But going back into, into uh, Dr. Peterson's perspective, 
life is best lived in his mind at the dividing line between extreme order and unbridled love. Obviously, we, you know, the free love of the 60s is not the, the best way to live your life. And having a completely regimented life without any choice is very stifling. But we find meaning that justifies life and its inevitable suffering at the boundary. And if we can live in such a way, we can withstand the knowledge of our own fragility and mortality without a sense of aggrieved victimhood that produces first resentment, then envy, and then the desire for vengeance and destruction. And Rabbi Sachs looks at this as the best explanation he's ever heard of the unique structure of this week's Parsha in Leviticus chapter 19. It's both a combination of moral, political, economic, and environmental laws, and using that as a supreme statement of a universe of order of which we are the custodians. And, you know, as it says that we are creating God's image, just as God created us in a ordered world, we can carry out in the image of God by continuing uh, that structure and maintaining a sense of order, being the custodian of earth. But the chapter is not just about order. It's about humanizing that order through love. And love, not of, of the love that comes naturally, the, the love between a, a parent and their child, but the love of a neighbor, and more particularly, the love of a stranger. Again, the most surprising uh, love, the, the, the most the, the, a love that evolutionarily doesn't make a lot of sense to love the stranger, right? you would look at the stranger as an external threat. But the Torah is telling us, don't hate, don't take revenge, don't bear a grudge, and love every person. So hence the life-changing idea. Clear rules and proper discipline help to establish, maintain, and expand order for more fulfilled children, families, and society. Love is not enough. Relationships need rules. So I really found this powerful. I hope it did justice to this concept and uh, the ideas of Rabbi Sachs and him commenting on the work of, of Dr. Peterson. And I look forward to talking again with you soon.